Hello and welcome to another episode of 10,000 Hours. I'm Grant Spanier. And I'm Vince Kochi. You're listening to episode 23. We're talking about raising your hand. Hold them up high, Vince. I've got mine up. You have yours up, Grant? I'm actually sitting next to you so I can see it. Now you do. Now there I we do. There we go. We've got them up. There Who are we up. talking to, Grant? We're talking to Scott Fuller of Studio Temporary, at Studio Temporary. Uh, originally met that dude on Instagram, funny enough. Yeah, and he's based in Georgia, right? Noonan. Noonan, Georgia. Noonan, Georgia. And we're getting, uh, you know, we're getting perspectives from all of the country and from some of these smaller cities, but these bigger designs coming out of Studio Temporary. Real cool style, real cool aesthetic, reminiscent of Draplin, of course. He's going to get that comparison as we talk about on the episode. Uh, but really smart guy who had some cool insights, and it was just like a joy to talk to him about raising your hand. Yeah, it was a really great conversation. He's awesome. Uh, raising your hand, what does that mean? Uh, it means what it sounds like for the most part. Uh, in all of its capacities, it's part taking responsibility, it's part seizing opportunities, it's part understanding yourself and your strengths and making yourself available to be chosen, and how do you relay that desire to the people, to the greater public. Choose yourself, I say. I always choose you, Grant. Wow, thank you. So... (laughs) Thanks to Scott for being on the show, and actually we want to send an extra special thank you to a collaborator of mine, and this is Von91, V-O-N-91, been working with those guys uh, on a couple of projects, we've been co-working and uh, been doing doing some branding with them and some, some website stuff. Those guys are super, super, super talented developers. And so I would say, if you have any website needs, I get a lot of people that come to me with uh, website projects and things, and I send them all to Vaughn because those guys are super badass, super talented, and like that's their world. So thank you to Vaughn91 for, for really being a friend of me, a friend of the show, and uh, doing good work. So again, if you have, if you have website needs, you know, head over there, get in touch with me if you want to get connected. It's Vaughn91.com, I believe. And, and really thank you for supporting the show and for supporting 10,000 Hours. Hi. Hey, buddy. That's Sean. He's, he's two years old. Uh, he's... Uh... A little bit of trouble and a whole lot of cute. Sounds like his dad. Scott, uh, how about you just tell us what you're working on? And I guess for some context, Scott Fuller of the Studio Temporary. Did I say yes. it right? In it. Noonan, Georgia. Noonan, Georgia. Yeah. Hmm? Um, couple of things, I guess a couple of things I'm working on. Um, I just finished up a logo for um, uh, from my dad's uh, machine shop. My dad's a machinist. Uh, that's where I learned kind of, I learned a little bit about my craft uh, there. Um, I didn't realize it until a few years later, but, you know, we'll talk more about that later. Uh, logo for him. He hasn't seen it yet. I hope he likes it. Um, and then, um, what is it? Some stuff with the USA logo that I've been working on over the last uh, last two or three months. Some stuff of that's coming into fruition. What, what are you talking about? What's that? Um, 
there I talked about it at Creative South, but there's a USA patch that I had uh that I designed uh just for fun that kind of uh uh I threw it on a uh project, an American made product, uh, just for fun. Uh I didn't ask for permission from the <laughs> from the guy who I was doing the work for. <laughs> Forgiveness. Just right. threw it on there. And uh you know, that was kind of my first but I've always kind of asked for permission or you know, I asked to be on podcasts or whatever, <laughs> but I didn't ask for any permission from this guy. So the first line in the email after I sent it off was so about that USA logo in that left corner. I'm sitting there thinking, oh, no, I'm going to get fired. He's like, <laughs> and, he's, and he just went off. He said he loved it. Like three quarters of the email was about how much he loved that little logo. Okay. So, um, I'm working on a, uh, I was working on a, a line of notebooks for, a guy named Aaron Zeller from the Zeller Writing Company out of uh, Omaha, Nebraska. And uh, he just started a Kickstarter campaign. I called him out of the blue, and I was like, hey, man, I saw what you're doing. Uh, I'd love to help. Um, he gave me a little bit of money, and uh, we made it work. Um, Scotty, Scotty, yeah. Scotty. This yeah. is a classic Scotty move, raising his hand right from the get-go, and I love it. And we're going to save some of that meat for – for a little bit after because Vince is over here. He's itching. He's physically itching in the studio. He wants to tell us what he's working on, and then we're going to get to this. But don't lose that thought, man. Uh, put a proverbial pin in it. That's right. Put a pin in it. Pinterest it. it? No. Yes. Add it to a Pinterest board. We're going to come back. We're going to circle back. 2014 here, people. We're going to fly around, and we're going <laughs> to... Okay. Vinny, what are you putting your time into? What are you working on? Uh, so I've told you probably a thousand too many times about this this like fiction project and that was that only after the first 1500 which was totally reasonable <laughs> yeah, but then now we're like, at 2500 we're talking like four or five months ago i'm referencing this yeah. and i've tried to like start over and over again i have like these notebooks full of like crappy first attempts at chapters and it's been a disaster so i started i've like decided to take a different approach and start with like character and world building and so i'm like been writing things that will never actually make it into the final product or i don't intend them to it's basically like spending a lot of time hashing out the character work and the the different places and atmospheres that the the, uh, the work would take place in, and so that's what I've been doing this week. Cool. Two ways that could go. I mean, you you could just say, "Hey, I'm just doing that for me. I'm doing that," you know. But I could just say, "Hey, I feel like you're just like you're you're vacillating around it. You're not actually getting to the work," <laughs> and that could be that yeah. could be a criticism. But here's what I will say, Vince, and knowing you, here's what I think it really is. I think you're setting yourself up to let the words flow instead of trying to fight a battle every time you enter a scene you're building the world and you're letting it happen right dude that's exactly what i'm thinking when i'm taking a stab at this because it just hasn't flowed so far and so i think if i set some parameters some limitations you know some guidelines some boundaries mm -hmm. that it'd just be easier to write within those confines creativity thrives under constraints damn straight man hey why don't you tell me what are you working on grant Yes. 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 <laughs> Go ahead, man. Oh, sorry. I got. I got. It was like fun. It was fun to it just was listen. Too fun to listen. To you. All right, I'll set you up again. Oh no, no, you're good. I mean, let's just keep rolling. It's fine. That was. That was just fun. I was just. I was. I was enjoying that. Uh, I'm putting my time into man. Like I was telling you this earlier, but like uh, a lot of time on set lately, which is awesome. You know, I'm coming from the writing background, got real deep into this design stuff. But as you know, a lot of my passion lies in the video film writer sort indeed. of directorial work. 
and uh, been given the opportunity to do a lot of that lately. And and not only do that, but do it with people I fucking love, which <laughs> yep. is really, at the end of the day, man, what else is real besides you know the time you're spending with the people you love? So that's been just a treat. And I think it's... I think I can certifiably say I am the happiest I've ever been in my entire life. That is awesome to hear, man. Good work makes good feelings. Ba-boom, ba-boom. That's exciting stuff, man. So should we, let's, let's, let's intro Scotty. Yeah, let's give him a proper intro. We got the, the drive-by <laughs> and then we got the and, little and, look into the family life. We, we, had the, we had the crossing guard run out into the street and say, stop, <laughs> not yet, buddy. <laughs> You're still there though, right, Scott? Okay, good. So, but like I said, that was very much in your ethos and in your in your personality and who Scott Fuller is. Who is from, Scott Fuller? Who is Scott Fuller? Fuller? So Scott Fuller, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you are a best-selling New York Times author. No, I'm just kidding. You're you're a designer um, and a damn good designer uh, out of Georgia, Noonan, to be to be specific. And you're running your shop, your own little shop there called the Studio mm-hmm. Temporary. Mm-hmm. Um, we first crossed paths through Instagram, I think. Yep. And and then I think a little bit more through the Hoodspot Girls who were on episode nine talking about partnerships. Absolutely. And who are great, by the way, as, as we were talking about before the show started. Um, and what struck us right away was, hey, this guy's a great designer. And that's, and that's cool. That's something to be applauded. Bingo. But there are a lot of great designers out there. I mean, a lot. And... To stand out in that crowd is kind of tough, you know. Uh, design is something that is a little bit more tangible than even writing. I would agree, and it's something that is is you know everybody has an opinion on, and it's it's very out there, and so it's sort of hard to stand out in that crowd. And what I've seen and what I've found uh, is that the people who stand out are the people who consistently over and over show up, but but raise their hand. You know, they raise their hand to ask a question. They raise their hand to pick themselves in very much a Seth Godin way, right? Yep. And, and uh, I guess you picked yourself for this, right? I mean, you raised your hand and said, I, hey, I think I'd be a great guest. And you were right. Well, yes, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> you, were, you were a good prospect. I mean, we don't know yet. That's Yeah, that was getting ahead of myself. Still to be determined. <laughs> yes. TBD on the guest status. But basically, the idea is there are a lot of talented people out there, but not all of them have the initiative to single themselves out and try to and jump at opportunities. But we think you do that. And so if you could just start by describing maybe your philosophy on opportunity and how that's intersected with your still developing career. Um, well, I, I mean, I, I always, you know, like most folks, I kind of, you know, started up, I, I drew a lot and, you know, painted with, you know, crappy watercolors and, and different stuff like that growing up <laughs> and always enjoyed different things. But uh, when I went to I went to school, I went to a liberal arts college. It, I was I had a horrible uh, design program. The art pro the oh, fine no. art the fine art program was really cool, but after two years of fine art, I was just done. Um, I was I was done. I, you can only you can only paint a bush or a flower, or a person's face or whatever, so many times without <laughs> just absolutely boring yourself to tears. Sure. It turns out I had done design quite a bit growing up without realizing it, you know, uh, you know, designing cars for my friends at, uh, you know, a church or in the neighborhood or, you know, making up these cool paint schemes for, uh, you know, for these racing games and different things. And, and I was doing that, but I didn't know what it was. Yeah. So I found design my junior year, um, took the design 101 class or whatever. And I found it again which was really, really amazing. And 
coming into that world, I knew nothing. I, I didn't know what free, uh, we were using like freehand. This was back in like 2000 or whatever. Uh-huh. Using like freehand illustrator would come like my senior year, you know? And I had no clue what I was doing. I didn't understand anything about concepts of the design. Once again, they weren't very forthcoming with it. So I took it upon myself to, you know, search out, you know, who I wanted to learn from. Because I could learn from anybody at that point. I was literally an open book. You were a sponge, Um, man. I had to be. And I still am that way. You know, people have... (laughs) I mean, I have favorite designers, you know. I mean, at some, you know, like... Uh, uh, I mean, you, you know, Paul, you know, Paul Rand, you know, Maximo Vignelli, also those guys. Oh, you're going to mention Draplin? You better. Yeah, I've got to. I mean, I got to the first time a year ago. I've seen him a few times since then. Just an incredible, incredible guy. Really, really nice. Side note on and, that. Side note on that, Scott. Uh, Draplin, yeah. I think, friend of the show, I think we can call him that, right? I'd be so bold Vin- to say. Vince and I actually met with Draplin uh, out on Mount Hood when we were shooting a documentary called Creatives Go West. And he was, he was a real joy. And I think we saw him again. Were you there? Type yes. director? Yeah, we saw him again when he was in Minneapolis for the Head Art and Hand Conference for AIGA. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it was right before his, his father passed, which was super sad. But um, I, I was telling Vince before we got on the show, or before we started today, I was like, you know, actually Scott reminds me a lot of Draplin. And not in like a, not in like, oh, he's too close to Draplin, but in like a really complimentary yeah, your way. your aesthetic is reminiscent. And, and even your attitude. And, and I think even like... And your values. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. it's crazy. It's kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I mean, he's, you know, he's been a big influence. I'm not going to deny it. Um, yeah. But it's it's just really neat to know that, you know, even from the beginning, even from the beginning of my career, even in school, I I, I moved towards a simpler, a simpler thing, a simpler time, maybe. Um, maybe it was because I had no clue how to do the com- the you know the complex thing that I kind of fell back into it. Maybe that was it. Um, but I don't know. I just I just feel the simplest things are are the, are the best. And I have seen nothing in in my you know my little tiny bit of a career right now that has really you know, changed my mind on that. The, the funny thing oh. on that is like, uh, I think aesthetically I feel very similar to you and, or at least philosophically. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, my company is called less. We have a gigantic sign that's a simplify in the studio here. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. and really it is about distilling things down. And for a while I, I, and I still kind of say this, but I've been saying like, like, I don't, I can't, I'm not capable of this complicated design. I couldn't possibly make this many design de- design decisions to get to this point. I don't even like, I, I am technically incapable of that. And for a while I, I like, I laugh about it because it's like, geez, I'm only capable of this simplistic, like distilled style. But I think the more I've gone on, the more I've realized, like, I don't think a lot of people who are doing the other side of things are capable of this side. And I think it, it takes a certain sense of taste and craft and confidence to mm-hmm. distill things down to this level. And I, I, I mean, it's simple on the surface. And I mean, of course, that is, <laughs> of That's course, about, right? you know, That's I mean, that, that, is, that is the power of it. So mm-hmm. I think uh, we, over at 10,000 Hours, applaud your aesthetic and we applaud Draplin and we applaud Vin- Vignelli and Rest in Peace and all the people who strive towards simplicity and, and have the confidence and the skill to, to achieve it. Yeah. Agreed 100%. 
And it's and it's really interesting because you know you throw a lot of that aesthetic out there or you throw that concept out there, but people see things that are you know distilled down to that and they realize, oh wait a second, you know this could be, you know this could really be something interesting, something they've really never thought of before. I mean, yeah, what do they? I mean, what do they have to look at now? I mean, they have a lot. Of, there's a lot of hand drawing, hand lettering, and I have nothing against that at all. Those guys are absolutely unreal, but it's once again, it's it's becoming a fad. I, I think that. Um, just to kind of go off on a little bit of a rabbit trail here, you guys have done it, so it's my turn. Um, but Fair. That's um, not how this works, Scott. <laughs> well, I'm talking now, so be quiet. But anyway, no, I'm just kidding. But um, I don't know. Just this whole idea of craftsmanship has, has kind of come back to the forefront of uh, of different parts of the design design world, and I think it's I think it's really great. But I just don't see it as something that's is going to just in my mind and I may be completely off base, but you know, is it going to, is it going to last? Is it going to stick? Um, you know, you saw the whole web 2.0 and you, then the whole, everybody kind of going, you know, all crazy David Carson and whatever is this idea of craftsmanship, this idea of, you know, the, this simpler time, is it going to last? Is it something that's going to keep going on or will it just kind of fade out and become, you know, last year's news, you know, in, you I, know, I think clearly no, man. I think that's what you're talking about, though, and I think that's why, uh, frankly, I think it's a valuable aesthetic to own. I mean, yeah. if you look at railroad branding, that mm-hmm. shit holds up right now. That shit is amazing right now. And when you're talking about these hand letterers who are fantastic, who are incredibly talented, but the further you get from the core, the, mm-hmm. the more susceptible you are to, to trendiness. And yeah. and what you're doing is distilling things down to a core, and and though it has a distinct style, that distinct style really at its core is timeless. And so I, I think you know, of course, things come and go, and and we live in a time of of cycles of trends that are getting ever faster. And I don't mm-hmm. actually know. What, I mean, honestly, this this could be a whole show topic. Is this idea of consumption of taste of of accessibility to design and style? Um, mm-hmm. You know, Pinterest, nice design inspiration and dribble. These things are right there and, and it's sort of fucking with, uh, I think, the ecosystem. But and it's not a bad thing necessarily. But um, I, I really think uh, one way to survive is to own your aesthetic. And 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 that's the stuff that lasts. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, it ha- and for me, it has to be that way. I mean, I started out with, uh, you know, with the railroad things. Uh, I had the electric trains, a CSX logo. I could draw that when I was, you know, four and five years old, you know, that was like one of my first bit, you know, my favorite things, you know, I'd sit there with electric trains and, you know, just back and forth. I remember all those logos, the Santa Fe and CSX and, you know, just, oh man, just, it really takes me back, but it's, it's amazing seeing that stuff, you know, just rumbling down the tracks and still just as awesome now as it was then. The aesthetic preferences and design kind of, mantras they're they're going to be cyclical in nature but i think what you guys are talking about minimalism has just been a tenet of good aesthetics since the beginning of time almost Mm -hmm. and it makes a lot of sense to incorporate that into modern design um and so we've talked about some of your inspirations and that's good that's what we want to do but to steer us a little bit more toward the topic you kind of described somewhat humble beginnings in terms of design but at some point, you had to raise your hand and seize an opportunity that led to a breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to describe what that was like? Oh, man. Um, 
trying to think of what that would really be because um, I think what I did was I, I've always been an, an outgoing kind of guy, sure. but I the moment that I stopped wondering what people thought about me, uh, the moment that I stopped caring really um, what people thought, I mean, you, you know, you definitely want to have a good image and everything like that. And there is something yeah, to yeah, that, yeah, yeah. but you know, like for three months, I wore three, four months. I wore nothing but black t-shirt and dark jeans, you know, and that's trying a to very, be this that's a Josh of, Long move, man. I mean, and, and yeah. I guess that's a Josh Long inspired by Steve Jobs move. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, so I was like, did I do this? You know, it's like I was sitting there trying to find myself or trying to fit in somehow without just sitting back and saying, look, this is who I am. I'm not going to apologize for it. I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to sit down and just go. And the moment that I did that, then that's when things started clicking. I I can't sit down and think of like one date where that that happened, but um, I just I became myself. I, I became proud of where I was from. I became, uh, you know, and I let everybody know it. I mean, you know, who knows a lot about Noonan? You know, really. But I, I mean, I don't. You know, I, I mean, I'll I'll own that little town. You know, and awesome. say, yeah, that's Can where you I'm buy from. It? Is it for sale? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not doing that good yet, guys, but, um, (laughs) I just, but I'll I'll own where I'm from and, well, you know, own where you're from in a lot of ways. I mean, it's becoming cliche, but it's becoming cliche for a fucking reason, right? Vince, I I think what I'm hearing is you're talking about self-awareness, of course, which we, we mention every show, but, but to me it came from, and it does come from in general, a place of curiosity, and I think as natural as curiosity can be and is in most people or, or some people or a lot of people, whatever, it, it's something that can be sort of taught or like acquired. I think people, like curiosity is really just sort of a bug, right? And once you dig a little bit below the surface of something, it sort of ignites a, another level of curiosity. And I think that, that exploration and curiosity leads to self-awareness, which ultimately when you know where you're coming from, it leads to a confidence because you know who you are, you know where you're coming from, and you know why you're raising your hand. And so I think really to raise your hand takes a certain sense of confidence, which is a product of self-awareness. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, my like even my dad, you know, he owned his own company, you know, still does. And he was, you know, did a mach- uh, machinist. I mean, we had guys come in, you know, everybody from, you know, to the guy up the road who needed, you know, this turned down or whatever to, you know, these big, big jobs. And dad was always able to cut down and just say, all right, this is what you need. You know, here's the drawing, here's the specs, a lot of AutoCAD going on. And he was always able to give them what they needed. Um, there was no room really for artistic license, if you want to call it that, you know you making the seal or whatever. You can't just put a hole wherever you want, you know, it'll, <laughs> it'll mess up the whole, it'll mess up the whole bit. But, you know, you could give three, four machinists the same drawing. And, you know, unfortunately you get three or four different looking parts. Um, and dad was always able to, you know, just cut through all the layers, make what they needed, but take it the extra step and polish it. You know, take it a little bit farther. You know, every everything that was sent off the client was clean. It was polished. It was there were no burrs on it. I mean, you know, and your, your dad just, sounds like the OG creative director, yeah, <laughs> right? I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, but 
my dad is just he's as down to earth as you can get he's not a man of many words but when he speaks the words resonate and that idea uh behind of just you know giving people what they need but taking it that extra step i I didn't realize it really until about last year you know that's where that's where so much of who i am came from in those years of working with him you know in that trade in the shop you know day after day yeah absolutely. and now i see it now i see it stamped all over my life dude that's a different kind of meaning to raising your hand right it's accepting responsibility it's putting onus on yourself to see things through to their absolute maximum potential and it sounds like that's something your father believed in it sounds like that's something that you've you've taken to heart as well yeah uh so would would you say would you describe yourself you said you were an extrovert an outgoing person Mm -hmm. Would you describe yourself as a confident person? Probably. Um. Uh, I would. Say, I would say I'm. I'm cautiously confident. I mean, yeah. I, I don't. I don't yeah. Oh, very. I, I've that. I have been described as. I, I've been described as enthusiastic by everybody from you know, uh, from AIGA okay. to the people that I work with <laughs> to everybody who ever turned me down for a design job. You know, everything was just. Oh, he's so enthusiastic. Great all right give me a chance let's hire me well you know you got right it got to the point where at the moment somebody said enthusiastic i just deleted the email i was like eh, this is nuts i'm very enthusiastic but fine i'm not gonna get the job whatever and just you know just kind of airing all my dirty dirty laundry out here right now but <laughs> please please yeah but i'm i feel like i'm confident in in what i can do um and if somebody comes to me with something that I've never done before, then I fake that confidence and figure out a way to make it happen. <laughs> so, I mean, that's... Well, the, here, here, here's the question sort of we're getting at then with that is, you know, I, I look at it through my own lens and I'm a very extroverted person. I definitely, Extremely. Yeah, I definitely have a, sort of yeah. an introverted side and... I exercise that mostly at night. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I spend a lot of time alone doing that, but um, I'm very extroverted and I try and think about, okay, you know, everyone is not me. And so, Bingo. so the things, the things I'm feeling, the ideas I have or, or the principles I'm working off of don't necessarily work for everyone. And so I can, I guess mm-hmm. the question kind of to you and to us is like, as an introvert, um, which is not me, but you know, as an introvert, as someone who is not so enthusiastic, like, how do you raise your hand? What are the ways you can raise your hand without, and I think this kind of ties into another idea, which is how do you raise your hand without screaming? You know, how, <laughs> how can you be smart about raising your hand, especially in an internet world where it's yeah. very easy to just yell, yell, yell. Yeah. And you, and you see that a lot. I think you can kind of compare it to, you know, do you raise your hand in the middle of class or do you wait till everybody leaves? You come up and you tap your teacher on the shoulder, you know, sure. Hey, you know, let's sit down and let's chat. You know, I, I, here's what I've seen and here's what I'd like to do. Let's talk and see if we can make that happen. So it's not necessarily an in your face, uh, uh, approach. You know, I, I can't just walk up to somebody as much as I'd like to sometimes, you know, walk to somebody and say, look, your stuff sucks. Just let me edit. You know, I, I can't do that, yeah. but, but you can walk up to him and say, you know, look, you know, revealing trade secrets here, but, um, (laughs) but just say, look, um, I see what you're doing. I I love the direction that you're going and I'd like to find a way 
uh, for us to work together. You know, do you have somebody who's doing your design right now? Oh, no, I don't. Oh, fantastic. You know, well, what are you looking to do? You know, and the first and second question is not about, okay, how much can you pay me? You know, that's the big thing. I, I think I've, I've seen some people lead with, you know, the money issue. Well, and frankly, while... Scott, I would, I would push back a little bit though. Here's what I'm going to say. Here's what I'm going to say. Okay. And, and I want to hear your side of it and I know you're getting yeah. in and I cut you off, but I don't know in, in my experience, especially like, I think you and I are both people who are experienced running our own thing, dealing with money, dealing with the practicality of budgets and these things. And you don't let that own your creative life. But at the same time, I see a lot of people struggle with having that money conversation and putting themselves in a position to fail because of it. Yeah. And so I would, I would say like, I like to, I mean, I like to at least get a sense of things right away because Mm -hmm. I see a lot of wasted energy in the exchange between, you know, the four or five steps that happen between you and a budget. And frankly, you know, if, if, if I'm in it, you know, and I'm in it to do the good work, of course, but like, if I, if I know this is a project where I need to make some money, like it's crazy for me to not talk about that right away. Yeah. And by right away, I mean, like, like we'll talk about it in in our initial conversation, Okay. but I, I think, you know, if you lead with that in like the first couple of questions, I think people kind of, people kind of gets, kind of get thrown back. Just, just, I don't, I don't mean to push too hard, but I just feel like uh, a lot of people I talk to, especially young people trying to do freelance stuff and creative work, like they take that as a signal to say, oh yeah, yeah, don't talk about money because you need to like talk about the project and the creativity and all that stuff. And then they end up like a month into a project and they still haven't talked about money. And right, it's like right. insanity, yeah. man. It's gotta be a oh, no, it happens no, no, no. more than you'd think. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, and I did that when I first started. I just wanted to do the work just so that I could do the work. I didn't care about the money. I do that. And I care about the money. I absolutely do. Um, you know, and my, right. like I said, my first, you know, my first foray into it, you know, I was getting pushed around all over the place. But if I come up to somebody and I say, you know what, this would be cool to be to work on. Okay. How can we make this happen? Then you launch into, you know, okay, here's, here's what I'll need to do to make this happen. And, you know, then that's where the, the bartering and the back and forth starts. Sure. And, you know, you get, you get what you can to you know to do the good work you know it it needs to be worth your while and i think having you know if you charge a little bit more um you know start high because you can never go higher you know it once you know pick your highest point and then you'll probably have to go a little lower from there but you can never say okay we'll do it for five well you know what that's perfect well you know what I think, you know, mine needs 750. Well, you just said five, you know, so start, <laughs> right. start high I mean, definitely. And, and then kind of go down from there. But Negotiation one on one, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I don't start high, go low. Yeah. But I just, you know, I, I, well, that is like my, you know, third or fourth question. It's not something that I really, that I lead with. Sure. Because if I don't, if I don't have any type of connection with them or, you know, an understanding of, you know, Hey, look, I'm just, I'm trying to do your work. I'm trying to help you out you know, okay, this is fantastic. You know, there's more to it than just, you know, than making a paycheck on, you know, from this guy. He actually cares of about course, what of I'm course, trying of to course. do. I, I, yeah. I was just making, I was just making sure we clarify that just because I, I feel oh, yeah. like, you know. It, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that was a good call. So the real know. question though is like, right? Introverts. I still want to explore that a little. Irvin, do you got something for me? No, yeah. I think something you were starting to grasp at was there's a way for everyone to be able to kind of make themselves known without having to compete with the general noise, beat the chest, 
scream at the top of their lungs. There's an artful way to do it, right? There's mo it's instead of maybe raising a hand, it's extending a hand in certain situations. Ah. But you need Ooh, to like know good. where to meet those people that you want to meet in that point, and that's where it kind of gets tricky because if you're just out there on the internet raising your hand to the world, people can see you. But if you're trying yeah. to do the more artful approach, you got to seek out the people you want to interact with. So, yeah. do you maybe want to like take a stab at dis like discussing the difference between those approaches and which one you've employed during your career so far? Um, yeah. Um, one of the things that I've, one of the things that I've found out is, you know, if you're in a public forum, you know, like on Twitter, you know, I try to send the, I'll send a direct message to somebody before I'll, before I'll just tag them for everybody to see, you know, because I don't, some of these initial conversations, you know, I don't want, I don't necessarily want people to know that I'm having them, you know, like with, uh, um, you know, what is it with, uh, like with you guys to get on the show? I know I didn't throw it out all over Twitter and, you know, yeah. bang my chest yeah, or whatever. I just, I came with direct messages like, look, man, this would be fantastic. You know, not, not pushy, not anything, but just say, hey, it'd be, it'd be pretty cool. You know, here's some of my stuff, you know, that I think might help, you know, maybe I, you know, with some of my talks and whatever. Mm -hmm. And, and there it was, but like, um, you know, like uh, our like Graham, like our first uh, you know back and forth bit on on Instagram, you know, hey, you know, Alan, check this guy out. Oh yeah, and that turned into a uh, you know Alan Peters from Target, and then that turned into a, another conversation, you know, privately between Alan and I, you know. So it's not out in the open. It's not you know it's not standing out front and banging your chest. Um, you, you know, know, I would actually say there too, and, and I'm not trying to bang my own chest, you know, especially <laughs> to like, to like undermine the whole point of that. But mm -hmm. honestly, I think doing things like that too, and I'm not like, I, I don't, I want to be like, Hey, look at me. But I, I do that all the time where I see an opportunity where a friend could, could, could benefit and could do something cool with another friend. And that is honestly a whole nother way to raise your hand and oh, to yeah. provide value for people. Cause that's really what we're talking about is like, if you feel like you're valuable, why the hell wouldn't you raise your hand? Absolutely. Exactly. exactly. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I completely agree with that uh, as far as I guess. Yeah. So, so you, so we had that first interaction and then I guess the next step is how do you identify an opportunity to raise your hand? How do you see a logical, solid uh, um, opportunity or, or sort of a sort of an intersection of, of interests? You know, like where, where do you see the point where it's like, Hey, look, I have a, I have something of value. You have something you need. Let's do this thing. And by the same token, have you ever misidentified an opportunity? Has there been ever been a failed attempt? Has there ever been something where you have put yourself out there only to have it thrown back in your face? I know it has yes. happened to me yes. on plenty of occasions. Yes. Uh, I'll leave it to you, Scott, to, to talk about <laughs> some of that. Um, I, I guess the first fail one is uh, I reached out to a um, I reached out to a group here in Atlanta and was like, "Look, I want to help you do this," and um, you know, I was like, "I want to help you, you know, maybe do a logo or whatever." They the one they had up was horrible. I mean, it was just it was abysmal. Sure. And I was like, oh, <laughs> "You know, I, I'd love to help you guys out. You know, maybe we can talk about a logo." And their first email back to me was. It's like, who are you? We already have a logo. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah. ouch. The okay, hand got know, slapped, so, you might say. Oh, 
I, they cut it off. They, they completely <laughs> cut it off, you know. And, you know, after I'm, you know, after I kind of, you know, nursed the nub back to health or whatever, it was just, you know, okay, how can I, you know, not, <laughs> you know, not do that again? But, um, and then another, but another way where it, it did work, um, I saw um, uh, Furrow Books. We talked about it at, a little bit at the beginning um, before the Crossing Guard came out. But, um, you know, Furrow Books, I, I saw what uh, a friend of mine was trying to do, what a guy was trying to do. And I said, you know, I, I see this. I believe in what he's doing. I think it would be fantastic. So I reached out to see if there was any way that I could help him out. And we talked, we connected, um, we were able to, you know, work out a good price, something that worked equally well for both of us. And, you know, and it worked out. You know, uh, that, that is a good point though, actually, I think to sort of, sort of, uh, go against what I was saying, I, mm-hmm. and this is something I've employed, especially when I think about it is like getting too far into money, especially when it comes to collaborations, which I somewhat see differently as client projects, but not not totally. It's a sliding scale. Yeah, it it totally is. But you're you're totally right. It's like if you get too far into the money scale in something that's smaller or something that's like you're trying to like just really collaborate, you're you're super on point with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to take the softball of this conversation, mm. and actually no, I'm going to take the wiffle ball. Because I was going to slow pitch it to you, Vince, but I'd rather just set it on the tee here right in front of the mic. <laughs> I'm just going to set this on here, and I, I want you to knock it off. And, and let me tell you something about the sport we're playing right now. Yes. We're playing, we're playing wiffle ball, and what does one typically wear during wiffle ball? One wears that you have the cleats, you know, if you're serious. The cleats, you have the long socks, you have, you have the pants, you got the jersey, and, and maybe gloves. And what goes on top, Vince? What goes on, on top? This is one of the more elaborate transitions we've ever had on the show. And so I just got to give you kudos. What you wear on top is you wear the baseball or the wiffle ball cap. And so what are we talking about on today's off-topic topic? Scott, I don't know if you're familiar, but every week we do this. It's a brief respite from the more heavy conversation about creativity. And we talk about a little bit of a a non sequitur. This week we're talking about headgear. Mm Mm-hmm. What do we put on on. our heads? Not like I well maybe, but I I don't I don't think we're talking about dental related headgear. (laughs) I would prefer not to go down that track. And the jaw, kind of the the unless okay. If if you have a compelling story that involves dental headgear, we'll allow it. But if not, don't even bring it up. Do you wear something on your head, Scott? I do wear a hat quite a bit. What kind of hats do you wear? Um. I do like the mesh hats. Um, the, the first hat, uh, it's kind of ironic. The, the first one that I really bought that I started wearing uh, about a year and a half ago uh, was actually a DDC hat. Um, I found God him. I damn loved it, him. Scott. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Scott, it's amazing. It is not something to be ashamed of. Like The Own similarities we're, we're drawing between you and Draplin are like of purely good energy. Purely of honor. And see, this is really, this is really cool coming from you guys because I... I've been, you know, I've been called the copycat. I've been called that by, by friends, by, you know, just called out on Twitter. I've been, I've been, yeah, I've Scotty, done that. Give us, uh, and, give us their names. <laughs> I'm not. We'll uh, I'll, I'll, I'll protect that. We, we've no, already. No, no, we're, we're just kidding. But hey, man, yeah. I mean, I, we talk about that a lot. You know, we talk about haters, right? Oh I mean, my god, a, and yeah. we talk about borrowing inspiration. I know something I say to Grant all the time ad nauseum. I, I quote a quote that I don't even remember who said it you to me. You son of a bitch. But essentially it goes, 
the man who steals from me steals twice because everything is an inspiration based on a pastiche, based on a reference. <laughs> and like, just because you try to emulate someone that you respect doesn't mean that you're, you're a copycat. And I think it's just yeah. kind of bullshit to, to put, what, put that on it. And what was really cool at, at that point, I was just looking for a, I was just looking for a hat that fit. Um, <laughs> I, have, I have, I have a really weird shaped head. I, I can't do the, you know, down here in the South, you see a lot of the really, really like curved bills with the stupid fishing hook in the front. And uh, that just, baby. I look like one of the cone heads if I put one of those on and I was, it was just embarrassing. And, uh, would so you say I, you I, wear a trucker hat? Is that kind of the phenomenon with the mesh yeah. back and the soft bill? Yeah, I do. And it's, it's, it's light. It's comfortable. It's, it's airy. It breathes. Yeah. Um, oh, it's fashionable it's, right now. It is, it is the skirt of the head as they say. <laughs> they yeah, do say that. <laughs> go with that, you know? And, but you know, it was just comfortable. I, and with me, I find something that I like and I stick with it. Um, and, uh, but that's, I mean, it's, it's something that I wear. It's something that I enjoy. Um, I can do without it, but so um, do you have go-tos right now? You said you start with a DDC. Did you evolve from there? Are you still rolling with the DDC? Do you have sort of a rotation? Is it like a set of shoes? Uh, it is like, I, um, you know, I, you get a, you know, I've got a green one and a blue one and a black one and a red one or whatever I have. Um, you know, I, I picked out a couple from like United Pixel Workers. Those guys are fantastic. Ooh, uh, yeah. Some of the uh, show notes. Um, some of the fitted, some of the fitted hats and stuff like that. Uh, the new arrows, but uh, I I keep coming back to uh, I keep coming back to the you know the coal headwear like the brand caps or the uh, or even the ones from you know from DDC. Those are nice. Um, just just for just for comfort more than anything. I enjoy it and. You know the design uh, aesthetic in it is is a lot of fun. It's important. And uh, you know what are we makes... but our hats? I think it was Plato or Aristotle who said Socrates. that. Socrates. Socrates. Excuse me. Um, speaking of Socrates, Vince, you're about as smart as that guy. And no, I'm curious no. what you were in your head because I know he was particular to sort of a beret, if I remember <laughs> yeah. correctly. What do you wear in your head, Vince? Uh, that know, beautiful mop. I already know. Oh my gosh. Actually, yeah. I don't. I don't really wear. I don't wear much on my head, actually, because I, I'm a bit of a narcissist about my hair. Yeah. Uh, I think I have a beautiful head of hair. It's my best feature. Yes, dude. Uh, even better than any of my personality traits. For sure. Those are all, those are all garbage, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, to be fair to your hair, it could, doesn't need to be that great compared it's to It's not stiff competition. Uh, but no, so usually I'm not covering it up. But when I, when I play tennis, though, Ooh. see, I'm a tennis player, and... The humid Midwestern air just tacks on to my mane and like drags into my face. So I need to wear one of the the baseball cap backward. Wow. It's oh, yeah. kind of like a hairnet. But I've been thinking about doing one of those like uh, European guy headscarf, like the large headband that you tie in the back. Mm-hmm. I feel like it'd be more comfortable than like a ratty baseball cap. No, for sure. And I think that would fit your personality. That sort of like kind of full of himself European guy <laughs> that was like super right. generalist and not cool I'm so sorry um right. I, w- I w- what about you Grant well uh, let me first confirm like Vince does have honestly a beautiful head of hair and we talked about this on episode 16 was it Benjamin Reese 17 oh, my, 16 or 17 yeah 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 we I got we 16 we got into it um but yeah Vince has great hair you don't really need a hat man honestly like you just don't need one um for me Actually, I'm going to th- give a quick shout-out to Georgia, uh, University of Georgia and Georgia Tech, who 
uh, th- those two schools were the hats I wore growing up. I wore like a GT no Buzz, a GT Buzz, two backwards caps, GT Buzz, that blue and that yellow, and then I wore that that red and black Georgia Bulldogs hat, which is super funny that we're having this conversation, <laughs> right? Like, Shout out to nice. Georgia. Represent. Absolutely. Yeah, big love to Georgia, and actually big love to, to Bear Brooks, episode four, The Inner Circle. He's also a Georgia native. He's in Atlanta. If you ever go over there, please let us know, and we'll let him know, and you should get in touch with him. Are you familiar? You're awesome, and you're awesome. I'm actually not. Whoa. Well, should we end the show then? You know? <laughs> no. Hey, uh, quick question. Which one do you do you support? Either of the Bulldogs or the, good question. Or the Yellow Jackets? Bulldogs. Oh, Bulldogs all the way. Bulldogs all the way. All right. For sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess besides <laughs> that, I, that was nice. Um, more winterish time, or if we get a cool summer night, I'll throw on the, the uh, beanie, sort of yeah. the beanie style. I'll pull the hair back, throw the beanie on. Um, depending on my haircut at the time, I like to switch it up a lot. Um, otherwise, I do wear a Kansas City hat pretty regularly backwards. It's a Chiefs hat. It's a Chiefs. It's a Kansas City Chiefs hat. I'll throw it on maybe once a week. I would say that's pretty accurate. And then the people, they ask you. Yeah, every time, man. And I've told this to Vince before, and I think you've been with me probably when it's happened. I think I have. I swear once. to you, man, every time I wear this Kansas City Chiefs hat, there, I mean, and I guess this is this is very much a six degrees of Kevin Bacon, six degrees of separation sort of thing. Every time I wear this Kansas City Chiefs hat, I get somebody who comes up to me who has some sort of connection to the Chiefs or Kansas City and feels like this moment of solidarity Finally. as as they're walking up to me, and I can just sense it in their voice. And they're like, "Oh yeah, hey Chiefs, bro," or like, "Oh yeah, 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 Kansas City, Kansas City bro," or they do some sort of like inside inside Kansas City Chiefs thing that I don't understand. A secret like Chiefs a, handshake. A, yeah, yeah, like a chest pound into like this, and I'm like. Oh no no no! And I like I make it very clear. I don't really care about the Chiefs. I don't like the hat, and it just breaks them. It breaks them, man. It's so it's tragic. Oh man, nice. That's our headgear, man. It affects people's lives. I feel like a bad it person does. now. Nah, don't. No, I'm just kidding. No worries. Hey, uh, any last thoughts on on headgear before we jump into some last thoughts? Huh. Hmm. Um. You know, I, I guess know know when to wear it and when not to. <laughs> I guess would be it. That's good advice. Um, true. That's good advice. I think we can stamp that. We can stamp that I mean, into approval. I mean, I, oh. I mean, I, I mean, I say what I want to say, you know, and and try to go in there and and be who I am. But I know there are some some people, some some organizations that I work with. You know, maybe mm-hmm. I don't need to go in there wearing a wearing a truck. Oh, that's hat. actually a good so, point. Context for wearing the hats. That yeah, actually is absolutely. a real good. I mean, I don't even want to dig us into that hole. I did yeah, just have fun. one final. I mean, we could talk for days about that about appropriate workwear. Oh, absolutely, mm-hmm. and and setting an image for yourself and knowing when to compromise that image. Should we start episode two right now? <laughs> okay, wait. My question is, uh, those like those what are they? Are they like spray painted? The spray painted sort of carnival hats where you can get anything customized on them. Oh, we we have a gaffer, a gaffer, a light guy on set who wears one that says like gaffer. <laughs> and I like it's I think it's meant to be ironic, but where do you stand on those? Um I think all those guys I think the guys who make them are, are unbelievable. I've always looked up to them. Uh never put one on top of my head though. <laughs> Is it you would never put one on or you have never put one on? Um I would say I would say both. It's, but then again, that's just me. I like I like something that's a little more simple. Not that's a good uh, point. That is just you. different things like that. It's just me. It's nothing. <laughs> these guys are these guys are fantastic at what they do. Um, I've uh, I could sit there and watch it for hours, for but sure, man. Uh, and you have you know, <laughs> yeah, I have actually. But um, you know, that's just style. That's just me. 
Yeah, it comes down to like uh, head headgear is a very uh, visceral representation of our our personal styles. Yeah, like anything, man. Per se, <laughs> per se. Agreed. They're good use per hey. se. I think so. So we've been rolling. I think Scott. I don't know if you feel the same way, but I feel like we've been rolling. Rolling in the deep. Rolling that was more of a, like a 2013. I don't want to date this thing, but that was a <laughs> a big hit. Adele, rolling in the deep. Yes. I can't really sing it, but. Uh, maybe if we have a really good audio editor, he'll throw in a quick sample here right now. Don't do it, David. He probably won't. Um, but what we want to do now is jump back into the topic with some last thoughts. And this is how we wrap up every show. So we ask you two questions, Scott, if you're willing to answer them. Uh, they are, how can our listeners support you? And what would you want our listeners to take away one thing from your time on the show? Only one thing, Scott. Don't get greedy with it. <laughs> All right. Oh, okay. All right. We'll start with you the guys, support. But the support, the support, we leave it pretty open-ended on the support thing. So you could, you could list off like 20, 30 links, and we couldn't stop you. But we're obligated to show notes them all. <laughs> you guys pin you guys pin me down on the keep it simple uh, and keep it short. Um, yeah. That's right. Pinterest. The, um, I am. Uh, Doesn't make sense. Sorry. Uh, my website is uh, thestudiotemporary.com. It's a it's a Behance page right now. Um, my we're, uh, real website is comp- is currently in the works, but uh, there's still some really good stuff uh, going on up there. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter and Instagram, it is um, at Studio Temporary. Um, You're a fun follow, the- I will say. If I could advocate yeah. for it. Yeah, it's yeah, something you a, should do. Yeah, if you like, um, if you like, you know, random tweets. If you like, uh, you know, well, different things like that. Um, if you like, and as far as Instagram like stuff, goes, if you like things, <laughs> if you like images, definitely yeah. follow Scott. PNGs and gifts and all those whatever. <laughs> but, oh, PNGs! I think we're thinking like P and Gs. I was like, what the hell? You like is... P's if you like Gs. <laughs> no, no, I mean that's how we met, right? Instagram. Because you're posting some cool design stuff. Yeah, I was po- I, I go junking all the time and uh, badge hunting. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I do that. I mean, I, I don't necessarily. I think Alan looks for a few things a little different for me. Um, some of the badges are really Ooh. really cool. Um, um, I love a lot of the old packaging, um, which is which was really really fun. Um, I post a lot of that on on Instagram as well. Um, just some some mm. little things, you know, little mm-hmm. logos and whatever that I find, but. Uh, but yeah, badge hunting, junking, treasure hunting, rescue mission, whatever you want to call it, man. Um, probably I try to do that about once a week. Cool. But uh, but that's fun. But so so that's on Instagram and uh, and Twitter. Um, and then other than that, uh, I guess the one thing that I I guess take away, um, I've I've kind of lived and died by this idea of, of always ask. Um, I'll not be a you know a wallflower I, I can't be that and i understand that people are you know they're introverts or different things like that i understand but if you want something bad enough go out there and get it um otherwise it's gonna be a i wonder what would have happened and i don't want to look back and see that i think that's a great point it's something we've advocated on the show time and time again uh not only talking to our guests but just to each other in our lives if you Want something, even though it's going to be scary and even though it's going to be hard, you're only doing yourself a disservice if you don't raise your hand mm-hmm. and put yourself out there to be chosen for it. And if you're now, and if you're, uh, you know, a little queasy about, you know, raising your hand and stepping out, you know, go up and just tap them on the shoulder later, you know, 
Use whichever whichever uh, approach works Start for you. Start soft, yeah. Yeah, man. I think that's a good point. I think that's a good lesson for introverts, which was something we were getting at before. And it's really, we live in a potentially uncomfortable time for people who don't want to raise their hand. Although, you know, maybe not with, with social media and stuff. But um, as far as raising your hand goes, I think this is, I know I tie a lot, tie a lot of stuff back to this, but it, it was a pivotal time. And it was, it was also like, uh, you know, like the Seth project, right? Mm-hmm. That was, that was an example where I wrote, where I raised my hand. Um, but I, I, t- he talked a lot about, and, and I've talked a lot about the idea of permission and the idea of going after something with, with many people. And the thing that, that keeps bubbling up. And I don't think a lot of people even would know this about me maybe is that I have raised my hand over and over and over and over and over and nobody's called on me. And, and honestly, I mean, that has been many years of that and that's totally okay. Um, especially if we're talking about like pick me sort of style. Absolutely. But I think the lesson within that is like, don't put too much stake in, in raising your hand once. It's not to say don't give yourself credit for, for having the gumption to raise your hand, but don't, don't pat yourself too hard on the back because the reality is, um, just like shipping a good project and and getting something off the ground and doing good work, it's going to take a lot of like fuck ups and it's going to take a lot of missed opportunities and, and missteps. Um, I think it's valuable to, to have a purpose when you're raising your hand and not just raise it for no reason. You know, if, mm-hmm. if we put that in the context of applying for something, you know, if you're going to apply, do it right. Don't waste, don't waste your time. Don't waste the, uh, the reviewer's time, you know, do it right. Mm-hmm. So raise your hand with confidence, but just know like the probability of you getting picked is not that high and, and it's not always your fault. And, and the only thing you can do really is to keep raising your hand and to keep looking for opportunities and to keep getting mm-hmm. better. And if you don't get picked this time, that means there's an opportunity for you to grow and to get better and get picked the next time. And that sounds so cliche, but it's the fucking truth. It's true. It's true. Yeah. And even if you don't get picked the first time, it's maybe it's not a not, maybe it's not a, it's not necessarily a not, not ever, but maybe it's a not yet or mm-hmm. not right now. Exactly. You know, so never just do one and done follow up with them don't put your hand down after you don't get picked is what we're saying yeah absolutely just raise it higher stand on your chair stand on your desk that is actually a a really great practical point though from you scott though to end it with is like man many many times i am assuming with you and and i know personally i have been told no and then one year later 1.5 years later two years later whatever it's different circumstances so just know when you raise your hand it is an exact moment in time and time changes, circumstances change and you shouldn't stop raising your hand because it's going to be a different time and it, and it could work out this one. Absolutely. Well, Scott, I got to say, turned out to be a great conversation. He was right. He's a yeah, good guest. You he, were a good guest, Scott. You nailed it, Scott. We are uh, lucky that you reached out. It turned out great. And, uh, and thank you for taking the time, for raising your hand initially and then for taking the time to sit down and talk to us. It turned out to be an amazing conversation. I'm glad we had it. Same for you guys. You know, you guys are you know a pretty successful little show, and you uh, and you took a chance. You know, having somebody like me on, you know, you know, uh, just kind of threw ratings to the wind and uh, said, <laughs> "All right, we'll see what happens." Um, so, but I I really do appreciate it. It means a lot, and you know, the fact that y'all guys got back to me that quick and that you know you, that you wanted me to do it. It's just it's it's humbling, but it's. Man, it's it's a lot of fun. I'm not gonna lie, this has been a lot of fun. 
Oh, great, man. Great to hear it. Well, we feel we feel lucky, and and I think uh, you know we're wrapping up here. But damn, Scott, it's a it's a good good example for for everybody to say like, you know, you might not think it, it it's gonna you might not think it's gonna work, but just raise your goddamn hand and just go after just it. Just raise it. Hey, thank you, Scott. You're the man. Hey, can we no. can we get a ship it from you? Oh yeah. Get a what? A ship it. Ship it. Yeah. That was basically a, that was a good that first was a, try. That was a pretty good one. You just gotta say the words "ship it." We we end every show by saying "ship it" because that's kind of uh, what we like to mantra. do. That's our mantra. It's our motto. It's our tagline. No, it's not tagline. It's not All right, to everybody, to the, the thousands of people who are listening to this right now. Are you belittling all this? All the way from Noonan, Georgia. Ship it. That was nice. great. That, that was, was good. Perfect, that was perfect, good, Scotty. Man. Thank you, man. You nailed it. Hey, and thanks again for your time. Bye bye.